Look at Matthew chapter two tonight. Matthew chapter two. After the service, we get if we could get some fellows to help us uh, rearrange the platform the way it's supposed to be, and pray for all those who are traveling throughout this week. I know that uh, we have a lot of staff that, that's going to be out of town, and uh, Andrew and Summer Maddox already flew out this afternoon, and the Safrits are flying out early in the morning as well as the dicks, and, and so be praying for them and others who are traveling. Matthew chapter 2, and let's 
read about the visit from the wise men here tonight. Matthew chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now Christ is the New Testament word for the Old Testament word, Masiach, which is Messiah. So when you see Christ in the New Testament, it's talking about his role as the Messiah. And so there it says where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And this next verse is a direct quote from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, notice it wasn't a stable, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And we could say so many things about this passage and about the wise men and and, uh, there are certainly opportunities where we would focus on the star and uh, the the miracle in the heavens that took place with the birth of the Savior and and with the coming of the Messiah. And uh, there are still astronomers today who are fascinated by this and have done some amazing studies uh, on this particular star of Bethlehem and uh, taking the constellations back thousands of years and kind of seeing how they aligned. And if you ever want to study that, there are a lot of really great things to look at on that. Um, but what I want to look at is, is just in verse 10, a, a quick thought. It says, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And uh, I really believe that this is what Christmas is all about. To rejoice with exceeding great joy. And uh, yet, society tells us that, uh, boy, this is the most depressed time of the year. In fact, mental health professionals um, tell us that's exactly the truth. And uh, there are more suicides in the month of December, kind of this week between Christmas and and New Year's. uh, So sad to talk about. Uh, This morning, a, a man, 35 years old, jumped off of a 53-story building holding his three-year-old um, in New York City. And, uh, you know, we deal with tragedies in our society. 
that are the opposite of what the wise men dealt with. When they went to meet the Christ child, they did it with exceeding great joy. And I want you to think for just a moment about the main components of the gospel and which of them should bring us exceeding great joy. Now, you think obviously of the birth of the Savior. There's a, a lot of joy here. And we read Luke 2 this morning, the angels, glory to God in the highest. And, and boy, what an exciting time. And they gave out this herald and, and Hosanna cried out. Um, but then Jesus grows up and, and we know the story and he has an earthly ministry um, for three years on the earth. And he comes into Jerusalem under this same prophecy that he will be the king of the Jews. In fact, that's what Pilate's going to hang on his cross. And as he comes into the city, they cry out, Hosanna in the highest with exceeding great joy. A week later, he's crucified on the cross. And that's the low point of the gospel, quickly followed by another high point. Three days later, he rose again. He lives. He is our intercessor. He's our mediator. He sits at the right hand of God. And even at the time when they should have been joyous, the disciples were confused. Days after this, as he ascended into heaven, and the angel said, Hey guys, get to work. I'm paraphrasing, right? Some of you looked at me like, I didn't read that. <laughs> Acts chapter 1. But he, he said, listen, fellas, he's coming back in like manner. Go do what He's called you to do. And it, you think about, so, so the birth is great joy. The entering into the city, great joy. Crucifixion, man of sorrows. Resurrection, great joy. The ascension, great joy. His return, great joy. And everything about the gospel, great joy. Now, when He returns for the believer, there will be great joy. For the non-believer, there will be great sorrow. But then you've finished the rest of the books of the Bible and you get to the end of Revelation and we see, I, I think, this same type of emotion as the wise men had when they got to this house. They got to the house and boy, they presented gifts and they were so joyous and so thankful for what He had done. And to me, it's a picture of our relationship with Jesus Christ in heaven. It really is. To be able to take crowns and cast them at His feet. And to be able to enjoy Him and who He is. And yet, you see immediately in this passage the other side of the coin, which is the human response. The carnal response. The earthly response. And that comes from Herod. And when look at verse 3. I want you to notice this again. When Herod the king had heard these things, look at the next three words. He was troubled. He was troubled. You know, there are a lot of people who are troubled. People in leadership, people who aren't in leadership, your neighbor, your coworker. There are people everywhere who are troubled. Yeah, I guess the whole thought that I'm trying to give you tonight as we remember what Jesus has done is that our remembrance should be 
Yes, with the understanding that he suffered for us. But our remembering should be with great joy. Because everything that Jesus did was for our joy, for our completion, for our peace, for our fulfillment. And yet, there's the temptation for us to be troubled. Even Christian, Christian parents who think, boy, we can't get our kids nice presents this year. Or Christian kids who gave mom and dad the Christmas list and it's not going to get everything that they wanted on it. And, and sometimes we sit there and we're troubled. And I, I remember there have been times at Christmas where, boy, you should be excited. And you get up and, and man, you read the Christmas story. And at our house we have a happy birthday with Jesus. We have a cake and we have candles on it. And, yeah, we, have, we just have a fun time. And then uh, you open the presents. And to me, do you, do you know when the most troubling time is at Christmas? It's when the presents have been opened and everybody's just sitting there. And now, if that's what you're living for, <whistles> crash. Right? No more surprise, no more shock. All we've got to do now is clean up all the wrapping paper and put together the Chinese toys. All right, so, so there's a lot of discouragement that begins to take place. Um, it shouldn't really be that way. I mean, our rejoicing is not in the things of this earth. It's in our Savior, Christ the Lord. And, and so Herod gives this response where he was troubled. Now, look down at what he was troubled about because this is significant too. So they, they found the passage and he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now look at verse 7. He says, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And, and you see his pursuit now. He's going to get this child of peace and this child of joy and he's going to take him out. In fact, this had been prophesied in Jeremiah. Horrible tragedy in the village of Bethlehem where every child under two years old would be murdered. Yeah, this passage covers it. Uh, they, Joseph was told in a dream and they went down into Egypt for a time. But when you think of the response of militant humanists against Christmas, it is the response of Herod the king. The response is, we are going to take him out. And if we take him out, then everything's going to be okay again. Could I just submit to you that if you take him out, you're going to have more trouble than you have now? And that is the, the greatest pursuit of some people this time of year. And every year it seems to be worse. Some people say, well, it's just this fake war on Christmas. It gets worse every year. There's a war on Christmas. Why? Because people don't like this baby. Why don't they like the baby? Because he's the king of kings. He's not just king of the Jews. He is the immortal, invisible, only wise God. That's the king he is. And so our response as believers, I think, and I hope, should be the wise men's response. To rejoice. To, to show forth the peace that Jesus brings into our lives. And if you find yourself troubled 
this time of year. Could you stop for a minute and focus on what it is that you're thinking on? Just ask yourself the question, what am I thinking on right now? Am I thinking on Jesus Christ and who He is? Or am I thinking on circumstances, on troubles on this earth, everything that's temporary? And a sort of little lesson for us from the wise men. If we could have the men come who will serve tonight. First Corinthians chapter 11 <coughs> gives us the meaning of the Lord's table and a specific order for it. Verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And before we partake tonight, let's just take a moment to examine ourselves, make sure our hearts are pure before the Lord. I'd like to ask Brother Forrest Griggs to lift his voice and thank God in heaven for the broken body of Jesus Christ.
The men will serve the bread, and let's tarry one for another. Give him thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Shall we? I'd like to ask Brother David Gates to lift his voice and give thanks for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Serve, let's tarry for one another.
He took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Shall we drink? I think it would be fitting if we sing Silent Night tonight. Let's gather around and join hands around and yeah, sing Silent Night together. We all join together. Let's sing a silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Merry Christmas, everybody.